This is a Real Presence Radio News Link. The Diocese of New Ulm's annual Chrism Mass will be celebrated today by Bishop John Lavore. Due to coronavirus measures in place, it will be available to the public online only. You can find it and watch it at dnu.org. Tomorrow marks the first online prayer event for youth in the Diocese of Sioux Falls. At 3 p.m. Central, for about 30 minutes, youth will learn about the examined prayer and hear from a speaker about how it has shaped her life. The event will be streamed on the Diocese of Sioux Falls Facebook page. And there's one day left to register for the first virtual Catholic men's and women's conferences coming up this weekend. The free conferences will begin Friday at 11 a.m. Central and run through Sunday evening. Speakers for the men's track include Father Mitch Pacwa, Father Larry Richards, and Steve Ray. Women will hear from speakers like Sister Miriam James, Sister Bethany Madonna, and Kendra Von Esch. Over 25,000 people have already signed up, and you can register at virtualcatholicconference.com. This has been an RPR Newslink. Mayo Pharmacy in Bismarck is a faith-based pharmacy committed to delivering excellent care. We're pro-life and pro-family, respecting the dignity of the human person while providing for your individual needs. We have Catholic gifts for all ages, from mystic monk coffee to cards and crucifixes. Plus, we offer a wide range of clinical services, including rapid influenza testing and diabetes care management. You can visit us at 303 North 4th Street to discover the Mayo difference. Our number is 701-223-2424. In today's crowded higher education field, there's one university whose quality and personal care stands out from the crowd, the University of Mary. The University of Mary offers truly affordable, flexible adult education because your success is our priority. Here, you matter, and we're with you every step of the way to make sure you succeed. Choose a university community that cares about you as a student for life. Discover us at online.umary.edu slash discovermary. Rose Management is a family-owned business that believes in good morals, doing the right thing, and treating our residents as family. Rose Management provides affordable housing to complexes throughout North Dakota and Minnesota. All Rose Management properties and our maintenance staff are in a centralized location in their cities. If you have any questions, you can call 701-237-6840 or online at rosemanagement.net. Again, that number is 701-237-6840. We all appreciate the comforting things in life. Great food, laughter, celebrating Mass together, and friendships. Here at Riverview, we have all those things and more. Hi, I'm Carrie Dew, Executive Director. With Senior Independent Living Apartments and our Crosshaven neighborhood for those seniors who need a little more assistance, it is the sense of community here that makes Riverview home to all of us. Contact me, Carrie Dew, or Kelly Brecky for a tour at 701-237-4700 or online at homeishere.org. Through these times of trial, we invite you to join us in steadfast prayer for all those affected by the coronavirus and for increased hope and trust in the Lord. Monday through Friday from 1030 to 11 Central during Real Presence Live, our hosts lead a live rosary for these intentions. We also celebrate daily Mass at 9 a.m. and 3.15 p.m. after the Chaplet of Divine Mercy. And on Sundays, we bring you Mass at 7 and now 1030 a.m. Central. Please join us as often as you can. We're your family of faith and hope. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter. And be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. 
Praise be the Sacred Heart of Jesus and the Immaculate Heart of Mary. Welcome to Real Presence Live as we begin the second hour of programming for this morning. Father James Gross, a priest of the Diocese of Fargo, is joining you from the studios here in Grand Forks. Uh, cozy and safe and sound amidst the, uh, the snow that is starting to pile up here. And uh, joining us remotely from his uh, parishes in Walsh County, uh, Father Jason Leffer. Good morning again, Father. Good morning, Father Gross. It is so so good to be with you. I'm very glad that you're with us here, too, and that uh, the wonders of technology can make all of this possible. Um, Before we head into our next segment, if you didn't get a chance to listen or watch this morning at 9 Central during the first part of Real Presence Live, we will be broadcasting the Daily Mass celebrated by one of our local priests or bishops, live on the radio and via Facebook Live and YouTube. You can also watch this morning's Mass on our Facebook and YouTube pages now. So that's just an adjustment that we're making during this time. Uh, to provide some uh, additional spiritual ammunition, we might say, uh, to to benefit all of our listeners. And so we have with us, um, as we're thinking about uh, the legacy of Pope St. John Paul II, who incidentally, uh, we will be commemorating the 100th anniversary, the centenary of his birth uh, later on this spring, and who 25 years ago, uh, published an encyclical called Evangelium Vitae, the Gospel of Life. Um, so we'll be talking about that later on in the uh, later on in the hour. But first of all, from the University of Mary, we have with us today Dr. Leroy Husengay. Welcome to the show, Doctor. Thanks for having me. It's great to have you here on Real Presence Live, and uh, we'll be talking about, uh, with you in just a moment, the Church's response and activity during the times of crisis, uh, whether it be pandemics or other uh, similar settings. Um, but before we do that, uh, can you just share a little bit about yourself and, um, and, and, and the work that you do there at the University of Mary? Sure. Uh, I've got a doctorate in Sacred Scripture. Uh, from Duke University, and so I teach a lot of Bible and theology here at UMary, and I'm also an administrator, uh, something that's like the equivalent of an associate dean in the uh, School of Arts and Sciences, and I'm a convert, uh, having been received into the Church about the uh, year 2011, Easter 2011. Excellent. And about how long have you been uh, with them at uh, the University of Mary? Uh, 2011. Uh, I was ah, teaching at a okay. school in uh, Chicagoland, the western suburbs of Chicago, an evangelical school uh, that mm-hmm. neither hires nor retains Catholics, and so uh, converting mean to, uh, meant I needed to uh, find a new job. Right, and we're grateful that uh, you landed uh, on the prairie uh, at the uh, only Catholic university in the state of North Dakota, the University of Mary. So as we're continuing through the midst of this uh, pandemic, um, uh, a, a very... Um, uh, unsettling and truly a unique experience for 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 all of us but uh, this isn't the first time the church has faced a crisis uh, whether medical or something else uh, what other examples uh, come come to mind that you'd like to speak to us about today you know prior to the post-war period in the 20th century right everything gets better in the 1950s steady food supply, development of uh, antibiotics and uh, vaccinations and everything. I mean, prior to the late 40s, early 50s, life was nasty, brutish, and short. And there were famines and uh, pandemics and epidemics uh, throughout world history everywhere. Not all the time, but they happened often enough. The one everybody thinks of, of course, is the... uh, 
you know, the Black Death of the late Middle Ages, uh, which depopulated Europe in some places, not all, but some places by two-thirds. Um, so, yeah, this is not in some ways new territory for us. What makes it new is globalization. Um, you know, until recently, you and I could whip out a credit card, buy a ticket, and hop on a plane and, you know, be somewhere as far as Korea in a matter of, uh, you know, half a day or a day. You know, that's mm-hmm. new. Also, you know, being able to watch the Pope live, you know, bless an empty St. Peter's Square, that's new. So globalization and technology uh, makes this different. Further, you know, they, we didn't know about germs really until the 19th century. We didn't know what a virus or a bacterium was until relatively recently in human history. Uh, in the Middle Ages, they didn't have that. They knew if you got too close to a sick person, you were likely going to get sick. I mean, they had experience, and they weren't dumb. Um, but they didn't have microscopes, and so they had no idea about the precise mechanism of infection. Right. Father Leffer, let's uh, bring you into the conversation here. Yeah, so um, how... How is this different now compared to to all those? Uh, how, how would you your experience and knowledge? You, how would you compare and contrast what we're experiencing now? How was it different back then compared to now? Yeah, um, I think because of uh, you know technology, the internet, social media, we're getting information overload. It's good to stay informed of what's going on, but you know a lot of us love a crisis all too much deep down because it really is sort of exciting, you know, um, in a in a twisted sort of way. And if you find yourself reading, uh, you know, a zillion articles a day on what's going on with the virus worldwide, you might just drive yourself crazy. Um, you know, there's new information, half information, false information everywhere. You know, so that's different in a certain way. Of course, in the Middle Ages, they had, you know, rumors and you know, news of a sort, but today it's totally intensified. Um, we do have germ theory, and we've got, you know, demographics as a science and epidemiology as a science, which we didn't really have back then. You know, the, the question then, I think, for the, the Church is, given what we think we know now about epidemiology, about the transmission of disease, does that change what we do in the present over and against what the Church has done in the past. So in the past, I mean, the Church has responded to crises by being the Church at her best. Um, Self-sacrificial love, uh, more intense prayer and penance, um, Eucharistic processions, right? These sorts of things. So, you know, in that sense, you know, the, the crisis today and crises in the past the Church can respond properly by being the Church at its best, I would say. Um, that doesn't mean that any diocese is wrong in canceling Masses and other things. Uh, there's precedent for that, too, in Church history. When plague would hit a town, uh, again, even without germ theory, people knew you got sick to a, or you got close to a sick person, you might get sick yourself, and so bishops, you know, mm-hmm. 500, 800, 1,000 years ago, would uh, shutter churches, you know, when some form of the plague hit. You know, so our, our poor bishops need our prayers deeply because they've got to make a whole bunch of prudential decisions 
um, about, you know, churches and sacraments. And one thing here, too, there is a lot of uh, misleading and false information circling on the Internet about a diocese doing this or a bishop doing that that turns out to be false and what have you. And so we've got to be careful in our hearts and in our speech about uh, the sin of calumny. Really. Right. Well, I thank you for uh, for mentioning that. We really appreciate that reminder to invite people to continue to pray for that uh, uh, patience and uh, prudence that we need. So if you're just joining us here on Real Presence Live, uh, Father James Gross and Father Jason Leffer are here with you. And we have Dr. Leroy Husengay with us from the University of Mary. And as we're talking about a historical perspective and an understanding of these things, we can point to certain particular things, not only in um, heroic witness of various saints like St. Aloysius Gonzaga who you know contracted a, a plague while ministering to victims and other things but how the church really was kind of leading the way in society and providing um, infrastructure whether it be hospitals clinics and and uh, means of improved hygiene to respond so uh, can you get kind of shed some light on some of these particular things that the church was able to uh, provide to society in the midst of similar pandemics and crises. Yeah. Um, in the 4th century, an example comes to mind. An example from the 4th century. Uh, when disease would hit, uh, Christians would respond by loving people who were sick and often getting sick and dying themselves. And uh, they also set up hospitals, uh, what we would call a hospital, of course, pretty rudimentary back in the day, uh, and so, you know, the Church really, really invented the hospital. Of course, you know, pagans had, uh, you know, doctors who were something between an actual doctor and uh, a shaman, if you will. But, you know, in the midst of 4th century pandemics, you know, we invented the hospital, and it moved uh, a pagan emperor, Julian the Apostate, about the year 362, uh, to complain that the way we loved other people, regardless of their religion, uh, was moving everybody to love Christians, love the Church, and take a deep look at Christianity. Uh, mm -hmm. We'd suffer with people, and pagans would run away from disease. Makes perfect sense, because, you know, paganism doesn't have a concept of love of neighbor. Judaism and Christianity do. Right. You know, and Dr. another thing... Go ahead, please. I was just going to say, you know, as, as you're describing this so beautifully, like the whole development, I, I just keep having this thought. You know, it, you were saying, okay, in the modern day, we, we have the microscopes, we have the theory, we have this. And back then, they didn't know, but they were smart enough to to see, oh, if you're close to a sick person, you got sick. And I was thinking, gosh, you know, that would probably develop all kinds of, like, superstitions and things or whatever. But on the other hand, this thought just occurs to me. You know our sacramental life of the church. It's it's form and matter, right? The Eucharist is it's it's physical substance and it's spirit. And as you were talking, I just realized, you know, this coronavirus it uses physical substance and spirit to attack and destroy. It, it, it's all you know. So these diseases and things and plagues, they're almost like the. If you could just uh, respond to uh, Father Leffer's thoughts there in in a few seconds that we have left to Doctor Husingay. Yeah, um, that's a deep metaphysical question for a few seconds. Um, <laughs> Sorry about <but> that. <laughs> no, that's fine. Um, you know, sa 
sacraments are not superstition. You know, the Mass is not hocus-pocus. Um, you know, the sacraments, you know, do things by God's grace and God's power, and they do things in the physical realm, right? You know, mm-hmm. and so, uh, you know, anything sacramental that can be done, even if we can't attend Mass, guess what? Priests are saying Mass, and those Masses have an effect. Uh, here in the Diocese of Bismarck, churches are still open for private prayer. You go sit there in front of the tabernacle and pray. You're making things happen with God's grace. You're cooperating with God, right? Um, exactly. You know, and even if you can't attend the sacraments, you know, grace is not confined to the sacraments, though certainly every sacrament gives mm-hmm. us particular graces. You know, but, right. you know, God can work through us even now, even if you're in the diocese, where you have no access to any sacraments except under emergency situations. So I guess, you know, trust in the sacraments, even when they're mostly or uh, totally withdrawn from you. Right. Well, thank you very much, Doctor, for joining us today, and uh, we wish you continued uh, uh, health and wellness uh, to you and uh, to your family. Thank you so much. You too. Thank you. Well, coming up next, the Gospel of Life, an important papal letter, but what does it mean to us 25 years after its promulgation? We'll visit with Peter Martin of the Diocese of Winona, Rochester, and later we're slowing things down to spend some time in prayer with our Blessed Lord and Our Lady in the Rosary. All this as Real Presence Live continues. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live where we bring you 